ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome in to Hoist the Colors, Friday, December 8th. On the eve of a big basketball game inside Minji's Coliseum, the Pirates will host the South Carolina Gamecocks. First SEC team to visit ECU in more than 20 years. Can you guys believe it? I'm going to try and get Phillip and Joe, who join us today, to try and guess the last SEC team in Minji's. Joe Sampson is in studio. Phillip Pilkington is producing. Guys, we're going to talk uh, a lot of basketball today, but also a lot of football. we got to make our game picks. Unfortunately, we also have to look back and see how terrible we yeah. did in our preseason ECU football picks. And spoiler alert, it is rough. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you can say. I, we all were not envisioning the ECU season that occurred, I think is the best way to put it. And I need to clear the air. I know the answer to Igo's trivia question, so I will not ruin the surprise. I was standing next to you when Grady gave us the info. Our good friend Felipe, however, was so, not around. So I've got an update on that, though. Oh, you have an update? I've since corrected. Oh, so that's not the answer. It is not the right answer. Okay, so then I don't know the answer. So we'll uh, we'll discuss that in a minute. We thought it was Georgia in 1997, but there is a game that happened in 2002, which we'll talk about. So... All right, we are live on YouTube, Facebook. If you got a question, if you want to talk specifics for ECU football, which we've done all week long, or transfer portal or any of that, drop that in. We'll get to it. Otherwise, we're going to have a fun show. Uh, just a heads up, John David Baker, uh, Patrick Johnson, and I will talk to him this afternoon via phone interview, and we'll have that on the Patrick Johnson Show this evening at 6 o'clock. Of course, the Logan Zone will be at 5 o'clock. And then that will follow with the Patrick Johnson show. So you can hear from the new EC offensive coordinator. Then it'll also be replayed on Mondays inside EC Athletics show uh, live from Tiebreakers. So if you miss it tonight on the Patrick Johnson show, we will have it then. So just want to give you guys a heads up on that. All right, guys, South Carolina will roll into town. The Gamecocks are seven and one. ECU six and three. South Carolina coming off its first loss of the season to Clemson on Wednesday. And uh, we'll start with the trivia. All right, there was a, there was an SEC team in 2002 that came to Minji's and lost. And the last time an SEC team has come to Greenville, if you can take one guess, Joe, at the can, SEC opponent, and then we'll give Philip a guess as well. Can you tell me if it's new SEC or old SEC? Old SEC. Okay. All right. So that would have been when. I mean, they were in the SEC at the time, and yeah, as far as I know, have been in them been in there quite some time. Okay, so it's, only, not, it's not like it's Texas when they no, left for the Big no. 12. Yeah, it's not like A&M just, or any of those schools. Just clarifying. So. Correct. None of the new Big 12 schools. I'm going to go Auburn. Philip, what do you think? Um, well, I know South Carolina last came in 88. You already said it's not Georgia. Old school. Florida wouldn't come here. Kentucky wouldn't come here. I'm going to go. Ooh, I, I'm going to go one of the Mississippi schools. I don't want to change. I'm going to change my answer to Arkansas. Arkansas? Ooh, that's a good one, too. I'm going to change my answer I feel like it's one of those teams in the Southwest, like at Alabama, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas. I don't know. Mississippi yeah. State? 
Philip, you were you were on it. Ole Miss. Ah. Ole Miss came to Menji's Coliseum in 2002, and the Pirates prevailed. For whatever reason, they had a home and home back then. And the Ole Miss Bring Rebels. Back. The reason we missed we missed it, Grady, who uh, does a good job with uh, you know ECU media relations, is that it was listed in the media guide as Mississippi instead of Ole Miss. So that is one of the reasons he missed it. But ECU won that game 65. Here we go to 58. And the game before that we could find was Georgia. For those that care, I'm trying to pull up the box score from the 2002 matchup. Uh, East Carolina was led with 11 points from Errol Bing and 11 points from Gabriel Mikulas. There we go. 10 points from Travis Hokum Fay and uh, 9 points from Belton Rivers, 8 points from Derek Wiley. That was a fun ECU basketball team back then. 65-58, the Pirates won at home. We'll see if the, there were 6,300 people there for that game. We'll see if the Pirates can get that many people in the building tomorrow. Do so you mean to tell me the Pirates are 1-0 against SEC competition since their last go-round at home? That is correct. Inside Minji's Coliseum. Print the graphic. ECU is undefeated against SEC competition at home since 2002. There we go. That's a heck of a stat. <clears throat> that is true, and the Pirates will try to keep that streak going stat. tomorrow. Uh, from what I've heard, guys, it'll be they're looking at around 6,000 tickets distributed, maybe a little less than that, hoping for a big student walk-up. You know, 12 noon tip is kind of – people don't like 12 noon kickoffs. How do we feel about 12 noon tip-offs? I, I don't have – I mean, I'm – I'm not against it by any means. I think basketball is a very different environment compared to football with everything that goes into football and what could be the heat with a factor like that. Basketball is indoors. You have the air conditioning. You have seats. Although the Minji's Maniacs aren't very much known for sitting during a game, but that is a, a factor itself. Hey, I want to go home and watch America's game. I'm glad it will be done well before 3 o'clock. It's all that matters. Well, we'll get to America's game. Don't you worry. The good, <laughs> the good thing about a noon tip, guys, for basketball is like once you get inside, you forget what time it is. It feels like yeah. – like how many times has there been like an afternoon basketball game and post game the coach was like, well, we just didn't do what we need to do tonight. Or, you know, we didn't play well tonight. It's like a casino. So there's like, no windows. Yeah, there's like it's 2.30 in the afternoon, Coach. What are you talking about? Or there's the ones where we go in at like the 2.30 tip-off, and then we come out and it's pitch black outside because of daylight savings. You lose all sense of reality. That's how it is. I, I, listen, I've been to Menji's a lot. When it's packed, it is a very raucous environment. Hopefully the fans show up. It does start with the students. Mike Schwartz talked about that today in our morning press conference. You can see it in its entirety on the uh, Facebook or the YouTube pages of 94.3 The Game and uh, Hoist the Colors. But he said, look, when the students get into it, it makes the whole building get into it. It starts with the students. So really, if you're listening to the show and you're a student, you better be at the game tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. Uh, otherwise, I don't know what you're doing. I know exams are going on, but it's 12 noon on Saturday. Don't party too hard tonight. Get up. Get to the game. Even if you're walking in at 11.55, get there. Bring a rally towel. I almost said a wily towel. A wily towel. Bring a wily towel. Get it get it popping. And uh, I think the Pirates are going to get it done tomorrow. I know we're not making basketball predictions per se, but I got a good feeling about this game. South Carolina 7-1, but they're coming off an emotional loss to Clemson, and they're having back-to-back road games. So I do like the uh, the scenario ECU sits in here. So you were, you were at the press conference this morning, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So uh, I think what, it was there, yeah. Is this – <laughs> yeah, it was it's been a uh, – that's right, you were there because 
Kaysen Romaley, who helps us on the show, he walked in with just casual full Friday. swag. Just I mean, full casual Friday. Panther sweatshirt, Panther sunglasses. Uh, what? Anything you took away from the the conversation with Coach Schwartz ahead of the uh, South Carolina game? So I asked a question about the minutes, and they have a very deep bench as far as South Carolina goes. Only one player averaging over 30 minutes, and we all saw how the recipe for success for the Pirates is usually Bobby or getting Brandon or Ezra when he plays into that 30-minute mark or something like that so they can control the game, control the pace. But what stood out to me was him talking about the bench. He said that the bench at some point is going to have to get to that point where you can rely on them late game. And the development of the bench has been something he's been watching for so many of these games now. And yes, we're only sitting early in the season, and you've mentioned the Pirates are 6-3, and three, correct? Correct. 6-3 six six and and three three. because of the tournament, and you have that kind of play-in situation. So you're a little bit under the number of games if you're South Carolina, but you're going to get it back. So you're looking at similar records in that way. But the competition we've played is far better than what I think South Carolina's done so far. And I think the bench evolving and getting to that point is going to be a huge point for them tomorrow. Needed another Caleb account or similar performance. <laughs> Caleb dropped 11 in the win over UNCW. Yeah. I need to make another apology if Caleb performs like that again. So mm. I'm all for public apology. So, mm. But, hey, you need more than just Ezra. But I do have a feeling RJ – and I should say you need more than Ezra, RJ, and Brandon because those guys consistently deliver. But RJ Felton, South Carolina native, last year he went off against the Gamecocks. He wouldn't be did surprised have a heck of a game. if then he does it again. You're getting a big, big time player back. Also, that we have that news. Jaden Walker. Jaden yep. Walker. Jaden Walker back, Walker, another back huge from game. So you're adding another body off that depth as well. Yep, and you know he's a guy that at times has kind of crept up in these big games and, and had some big performances. So again, 12 noon tip. Inside Minji's Coliseum tomorrow should be a fun atmosphere as we uh, move closer to conference playing basketball. Only have four non-conference games left. ECC will take on South Carolina tomorrow, then go down to Florida. Back-to-back SEC games as they continue their transition into the uh, Southeastern Conference. And uh, then we'll play Delaware State and then East Tennessee State before traveling to FAU on New Year's Day. kind of excited for East Tennessee State, though. They're usually a pretty they're, solid program. They're a solid program. Make some noise in the tournament. That'll be another good measuring stick. Yeah, the Buccaneers so, just a fake pirate. Don't get excited. The Buccaneers versus Pirates. Better than That'll the be privateers. That's true. That is true, yep. And it's better than facing Seton Hall when it's just Pirates versus Pirates. Or Hampton. Pirates versus Pirates. Yeah, at least Pirates versus Pirates, though. There's some merit to it. So you're not a big Buccaneers guy. Not a big Buccaneers guy. You heard it here first. I am disavowing the Buccaneer and the privateer. Pirates are both. Well, at least the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay, have an actual pirate ship at their stadium. This is true. Which is Which, all, it is fake, but it is real. But too. it brings up sense. another thing. Of all these college teams we have that are Buccaneers, privateers, and all these different things, the only team that has the pirate ship in there is USF. That is true. And that's because they it, use the Buck Stadium. It is, but it's still <laughs> a pirate ship nonetheless. All right, before we get into our looking back at our preseason picks, I want to um, make a quick announcement. So we had a Hoist the Colors NIL initiative by our members last week, or a few weeks ago. We ended up raising $9,000 for a few ECU players for NIL deals, which those guys went up coming on 94-3 the game at a future date. Siobhan Rebel, Elijah Morris, Deontay Johnson, that's been uh, agreed upon. And uh, through Team Boneyard, the NIL initiative of ECU, we're doing this again, hoistthecolors.net. We started a new NIL initiative today for our members. We're looking to uh, raise money for Chad Stevens, J.D. Lampley, and Antoine Jackson for NIL deals on uh, Hoist the Colors and uh, 94.3 The Game through Team Boneyard. So if you 
are interested in giving to that, go to hoistedcolors.net, click on our message board. At the top of the form, there's a pin link with instructions on how to give specifically to those guys. And again, we talked about it all the time, Joe. If you're not paying them, somebody, somebody else. Somebody else will. <laughs> exactly. So we yeah. are trying to uh We're, we're seeing it right now with, with the portal anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cam Ward took Wazoo to a ranked a, a ranking at this point at one point in the season, and then they had a couple games fall off. He gets million-dollar offers before he hits the portal. And Debo put it the best, actually, at the Gator Bowl press conference when he said, it's not the NIL that's the problem. It's not the portal. It's the tampering. So once again, as we've said before to the nice people of Pirate Nation, if you don't pay them, somebody else will. That's what happens. Guys are making phone calls all the time behind the scenes. So uh, check that out, hoistycolors.net. We also got all the inside VIP scoop because Joe and Philip are now VIP, VIP members, VIP members yes. of hoistycolors.net. Well, because so we took time, advantage guys. of your sale. That is true. We had the 75% off and the 60% off sale. Right now, 50% off if you miss those. So we're always running a special on HTC. All right, let's uh, let's take a break, guys, and then we'll get into this. Because once we get started, there's no telling <laughs> how deep we'll go into the rabbit hole of our crappy preseason predictions. So we'll get a break in. We'll come back. We will revisit those, laugh at ourselves, cry along with one another. And uh, we'll do that on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Friday. Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back in. Hoist the Colors, Friday, December 8th. The time has come. The time is upon us, gentlemen. Joseph Sampson, Philip, the ref, Pilkington. What was his other nickname with us? We always uh, do this. The specialist. The specialist. Felipe. Felipe. He, don't you have a nickname on the Logan Zone too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He called me Mad Dog, which is like Christopher Russo. And I don't want to be in the same boat as Russo. No, yeah, especially he's pretty after, painful to listen to. Yeah. 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 Some things he said the last week were definitely not. We're not talking baseball, guys, because I am done with the Seattle Mariners. I'm done with. You don't want to talk baseball. I don't want to talk about Juan Soto but going Juan to the Yankees. Juan Soto is a New York Yankee. I go. I'm. I'm. Ha- and Alex Verdugo. Thank you, Felipe. I appreciate your sacrifice. Shut up. Enjoy Greg Weissert. Shut up. Hey, maybe but, maybe I can win 85 games. This hey, year. who knows? Maybe hey, we'll we will beat the Rays. Can we kick this jerk off the show, I go? Yes. As soon as we <laughs> After finish this, this segment, <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, so we made our preseason picks, and boy, did we make them. Lord, beer me strength. Do y'all want to start with the individual categories, or let's, should we review our game-by-game picks? I feel like individual lead into game-by-game. Yeah, we can do Because if we covered that first, it will explain game-by-game. That makes sense. All right, Samurai is in the chat. He says, hey, yo, some dude named Reed says, read you. All right, so... We got a pe- we got some people tuned in for this. They're waiting to see what the- <laughs> they're fired up. <laughs> they're gonna see. All right. Oh boy. Quarterback starts. What team will lead or what player will lead the team in quarterback starts? We all went Mason Garcia. It was a fair pick. I mean, at the it time. seemed very real. He started three games. Alex Flynn started nine. We were all wrong. Mason only started three. He only started three. He may I think so. He started. Yeah, he only started three because he started. Michigan, he started Marshall, and he started one more. Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte or Smoo, I couldn't remember. Yep, yeah, he cause... came off the bench against Smoo. Yep. I mean, and there's the reason ECU went 2-10. Because <laughs> <laughs> the guy who was supposed to be the guy 
is now in the transfer portal. There is a long collaboration of things that did not go the Pirates' way. We'll, we'll get into that. Raheem Jeter over under two and a half games played. Joe and Phillip went over. I went under. He played in one game. Gardner Webb. So I got it right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud. I mean, I can we should stop there. Can we stop there? I no. got one right. No. No, we cannot. If we're stopping there, then we're also stopping our picks for the season while I'm still in the lead that's, before I blow this thing in December. That's fine. We'll call it a draw. Um Rushing leader. We all had different answers here. Joe went Marlon Gunn. I went Javius Bond. Philip went Rajay Harris. Philip, the victor here, as oh, Ra- Rajay overtook Mason. Rajay finished with 485 net yards, five scores. Javius Bond finished with 231. Now, he did lead the team in yards per carry, 5.8 compared to Rajay's 3.8. So I still maintain if he would have stayed healthy, he would have been there. But Rajay did get it done. Mason finished with 227. Marlon Gunn, 24 carries, 65 yards. Just did not have the year, Joe, we thought he would have. Didn't play in a couple games also. I guess uh, nursing an injury or something like that because we did not see the amount of production out of most of the running backs for a good bit this season. I mean, Gerald Green coming on late to the scene was probably the most consistent workload there was, and then he was out against Tulsa. Gerald Green looked really good, and he finished with 101 yards rushing for the season. That's kind of that kind of sums it up. That's yeah. And 50 of those Rajah Harris yards from his total were the breakaway run against Tulsa, which was like the only breakaway run of the year. Yeah, outside of maybe a few Javis Bond totes. I love that word tote. Tote that rock. Tote the rock. Tote the rock, young fella. Good news, guys. We all got this one right. 1,000 yard rusher. We all predicted no. We all got it right, and we all were slam dunk there. There was never a real threat at all of a thousand yard rusher. Yeah, I think our no's were for very different reasons right. than the actual, though. I think we predicted that there would be like three different <laughs> seven hundred yard rushers, and there was one five hundred yard rusher. Reception yeah. leader. We all went Jalen Johnson. This was not receiving yards. This is just receptions itself because we all liked him being moved to the slot. Jalen Johnson finished with 45 guys, two behind Chase Sowell for the lead. So, I mean, not a terrible pick there. A couple of those routes, though. I mean, if he holds on to it, we're we're not off. We're not off. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, informed guess. I think he led the team in targets. At least it felt like that. And so he could have easily led the team in catches, but Chase drops in there didn't really burst onto the scene until till late late so not helpful all right so we all come up empty there receiving yards josiah hatfield was the pick for joe jalen johnson the pick for me and josiah hatfield the pick for philip now there's i go you said josiah as well but you wanted to be different okay so you put Jalen. that's why there's that asterisk there you're like i don't want to be boring and pick what you guys picked yeah because i remember because he believed it so much he said when josiah gets it i should still get credit yeah he did i was about to ask why is that asterisk yeah there? that's what it was oh boy we all come up empty there chase Sowell leads the team with 622 receiving yards jalen johnson 466 josiah hatfield 341 nobody hey. else had over 200 i'll tell you who i'm picking next year chase Sowell. chase Sowell. Some There's guy that we out. get in the portal. <laughs> All right, one thousand yard receiver. I gotta just. I have to cancel myself here. I said yes, which is just embarrassing. 
because nobody came close. Joe and Phillips said no. So you guys nailed that one. Again, different reasons. Different reasoning than just complete incompetence. We actually thought the ball would be spread around a little it's bit more. It's kind of one of those things where I fell into the right answer. Mm-hmm. So, Leading tackler. Joe, you're on a roll here, man. Julius Wood was your pick. He led the team, I believe. Let me find it here. A lot. 87 it's a lot combined of tackles. tackles. That is a lot for a safety. It's a lot of tackles. Philip and I both went Taylor Jackson, and he played the second most snaps behind bad, Julius Wood. Problem was the production wasn't there. He had 51 tackles, and that ranked fifth on the team behind Mike Edwards, B.J. Davis, obviously Julius Wood, Savon Revel had 55 tackles as he was often involved in the run game. So, correct Joe, incorrect for me. And Phillip, sacks. Leading the team in sacks, Joe and Phillip had Jack bring that Powers. Uh, And I believe Jack Powers maybe finished with, let's see. I think two. Sacks, sacks. Jack Powers had, he may have had zero. Yeah. Let's see. This is a problem. Yeah, zero sacks. Nice. Nine games, 15 tackles. We saw them utilize J.D. Lampley a lot more in that field slot uh, as far as that goes. I mean, his pass rush was probably far better than what you were expecting out of Powers originally. And then Jeremy Lewis is Jeremy Lewis. You can't rotate Jeremy and play Jack Powers over him when you have the tear that Jeremy went on and finishes all conference. So. And Jack missed a couple games. Yeah, with Jack injury. missed a couple games to injury towards the end of it, and then uh, you go to Sam Duncan ranking in a couple of those situations because their length also. Or B.J. Davis. Yeah, my apologies. Ryan King, he barely played receivers. So. Yeah, I meant B.J. Davis. Both uh, transfers. I yeah, know. both transfers. A lot, lot of things I happened this year. Ryan King may be transferring again. Good chance. Uh, J.D. Lampley was my pick. He finished with two sacks, and it felt like a lot more than that. Sacks are weird, I go. Sacks are weird. There's there's rules out there where if the guy's holding the ball in the quarterback pocket and a DB or somebody comes up, runs late, and punches out the ball, that's the full sack. There's rules where it's the guy who celebrates first gets a full sack. If a guy taps over a pile and he is ruled down by contact from that, that's a half sack. There's a bunch of rules to sacks. Deontay Johnson ended up leading the team in sacks, which is rare Should've for an interior D-tackle, but uh, he got it done. Four sacks. Chad Stevens, three and a half. Jeremy Lewis, two and a half. J.D. Lampley, two. And then you had a bunch of guys with one. So, I mean, that was a tough category given the fact ECU doesn't really have a dominant pass rusher. Yeah. Interceptions. You went Jonathan Jones. Who I did. I, I think didn't maybe play as much as we thought he would. Did not. Phillip went Tymere Brown. Also, did not play as much as we swing and miss yeah. there. That was it. That was like I swung and the pitcher spiked the ball five feet in front of the mound. <laughs> Fifty cent first pitch. I went Julius Wood and got it correct. What did he finish with? Four? He finished with two, and nobody else had more than one. So again, kind of lucked into that one because I would have figured that Julius would have more than two. Siobhan had one. Dontavius Nash one. Tegan Wilk one. Antoine Jackson one. There were only. Six interceptions this year. That's not that's not a whole lot. There's an asterisk. There should have been seven. Should have been seven. Who IBM should? was robbed. That is true. IBM should have had one as well. That was a complete joke. All right, punt return for touchdown. I can't believe I did it again. I predicted there would be one. I do it every single year. ECU has not had a punt return for a touchdown since 2004. 
when Travis Williams did it, I believe, against Memphis. There was not. I predicted there would be. Philip predicted there would be. Joe predicted there would not be. There's not. Congrats on your victory you. once again. It's so hard to score on that punt unit. It is. And it, really, there wasn't a, a close punt return for touchdown this year, right? No. You're also thinking about some situations where, where they're stopped on the field, a lot of mm-hmm. sudden changes for the defense. If they take over the ball at the 35 on our own 35, you're not going to punt in that situation. You're going to take a field goal. So a lot of bend-don't breaks from the defense that didn't really yield a chance for a big punt. Kickoff return touchdown. Would there be one? Joe said yes. Yeah, I was wrong. Philip said yes. I said no. I was like, there's no other scoring on punt and kick. And uh, there was no kickoff return for six this year, although I feel like there was a few instances where ECU had big returns and just couldn't finish them. Yeah. Or like had a seam and then got tripped up. There was one Hatfield had, I think, in Dowdy Money, been against Marshall. He gets tripped up at the 42. If he just keeps his feet, he scores. So Pirates still looking for some more explosive plays. They did block a punt against FAU, but they special did. teams still for a touchdown. trying to, That is true. They're trying to find more consistent plays there. Game-winning kick. Last year, Conrad hit one. The year before that, Owen Daffer hit one. I asked the question, would there be a game-winning kick in 2023? I said no. Philip and Joe said yes, and there was not. As ECU only won two games. I mean, technically, you could say every single one of Conrad's kick at FAU is a game winner, but we were saying specifically late game situation that uh, did not occur. To be fair, there was a chance. No, there that would have been tying. That would have been game tying for Charlotte, wouldn't it? It was 10 7. Yeah, it would have been tying, but he yeah. could have then won it in OT. Yes, it could have been. Chance there. I mean, really, every fourth quarter, there was a chance if ECU could have moved the football for Conrad to end up with a game winning kick. Well, did we put ECU game winning kick or a game winning kick? I believe we meant ECU. We, but we tried to manipulate it, the darn rules. Boo. If you didn't type it, Tulsa counts. Got to be precise. Just, I think we specifically mentioned on the ACU, show, ECU. Yeah. Now, I'm not going back and listening to that crappy show, but I will listen to, <laughs> to, to, to this show. Yeah, it was ECU. I just like splitting hairs. I mean, because I know you're trying to, to get the, the category right. But either way, that's it. That's it for our individual categories, guys. And. I don't know. What do we have at most? Maybe one of us won three or four categories out of uh, three, six, nine, twelve. So not a great showing. Yeah, I'm really 13. surprised they haven't kicked us off the air. We're the so-called we're the experts, experts, and we're baby. predicting this crap. Oof. I mean, to be fair, who could have predicted what we saw this season? We haven't nah. even gotten to the game picks. Yeah, we, we haven't even jumped into any of these runs yet. All right, so game picks – ECU finished two and ten. Joe and I had the Pirates going seven and five. There was a lot of people out there that I think they had ECU in the six and six, seven and five range. There's Maybe a lot of people who said seven. we were wrong for seven and five. Yeah, they were like far more wins than that. Philip had ECU going eight and four. Philip, what do you have to say for yourself? This guy believes in the I Pirates. I think that I typed out one of the UTSA game wrong. I do not remember <laughs> picking us to beat UTSA because I predicted them to win the conference, but. Maybe I did predict eight and four. I thought I had. I thought we all had seven and five. I think somebody went there and changed by UTSA to a a win. I think he was so worried about Coach Logan at that point. Yeah. So we all had Michigan as a loss. We all had Marshall as a win. All had App as a loss. So we weren't that far off after three games or four games because we all had Gardner Webb as a win. So it wasn't looking too bad then. But then we all had Rice as a win. Close. Me and you had SMU as a win, and Philip had as a loss. That was also close. We all had Charlotte as a win. 
Don't even want to talk about that. Uh, we both had me and Joe both had UTSA as a loss. Philip may or may not have, but he's got it listed There's as an a asterisk win. on that. Yeah, one, asterisk. Uh, Tulane, we all had as a loss. That was another one that was closer than the experts thought. Like us, we're experts. Uh, FAU, we all had as a win, so we got that one right. There guys. we go. Let's go. Two and zero on actual wins this year. FAU and Gardner Webb, we were all over it, guys. All over it. Analysts. Navy, Joe, and myself has a loss. Good job. It's so hard to win at Navy. Philip had this as a win, and uh, the Pirates failed to score a point. They failed to even get across the thirty. I'm pretty sure. Tulsa, yeah. we all had as a win. Womp womp womp. Should have been one, but it was not due to. A direct snap. Got to burn the clock, man. Got to burn the clock. So, 2-10. and ten, Much like the ECU football team, we went about 2-10 and ten on our individual picks as well. And, guys, uh, I'm going to tell you all right now, this is not going to deter us from doing the same thing next year. No, we're, not at all. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna have long forgotten about the misery of these picks, and we're going to head into that segment super confident. Hey, man, burn the boats. John David Baker. It's let's, a new let's era. Let's score 1,000 points next year. I can't wait to see how overhyped we are for the new offense and making. We're, we're definitely going to pick 1,000 yard receivers, 1,000 oh, yard rushers, 3,000 yard passers. Averaging 30 points a game. Can't wait. It's 100% going to happen. And 100%. then we win every game 17 to 14. Can't wait. Still be 12 and 0, though. Yeah, exactly. 12 and 0 in the playoff at that point. Yep. So Means they beat Liberty. There are our picks. And now we can put this to bed. We're I think I need to find a day job. This isn't, or this is your day job? Not currently, no. Oh, okay. Well, only twice a week I go. That is true. I'm barely holding on. I didn't get fired this season. He did not get fired. We it's... haven't even gone through the tape yet to see that if is true. somebody's coming for my job in the transfer portal. Maybe the problem we we have is we didn't really do a midseason self scout. <laughs> you know, we didn't really look we didn't back have a at bye our week. main yeah, issues. When yeah. we had the bye week, we were so concerned about the Pirates, we didn't look internally. Well, hey, we actually did. We just kicked Joe off and brought Harvard in. And to be fair... And Cliff Ball. Yeah, Harvard picked us to only beat Tulsa and Charlotte. And he nailed I, it. Yeah, I go and I were a little more confident, wrongfully. So, I go even had us beating Schmew. Schmew. Hey, I still Ooh, maintain that it was very close to happening. I can't remember the play. Was it the trick play in that game that they hit? No, what that game was Marshall. Was that? Marshall was trick play. Okay. Double pass. Should have had the guy they were in cover for. I can't remember what happened against SMU, but there was a big play that uh, was like the back. Preston Stone got smoked in the face, threw it as far as he could, and the receiver ran right underneath it for like a 38-yard gain. And then they punched it That's in it. on the – I want to say it was an outside zone to the left. And just the inability to score. Yeah. You can't score 17 points in this league and win on a consistent basis. Samurai wants to know a question for the 2024 season. If the team goes five and seven, but the offense is really exciting and explosive, would you consider the season that success and the future bright? Well, if the defense takes that much of a step back with the personnel and defensive staff back, then you got a lot of questions. Yeah. And I think John Gilbert made it clear, Joe, that the expectation is bulls. Was bowl game or bust. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to speculate anything, but if it's five and seven and we look at the same close losses we had this year. And it gets the same the schedule yeah, of next year. You should be able to make a bowl. There is a change in command. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We'll transition and make our game picks. We'll get the heck away from these picks and make our game picks, which we're so great at, especially Joe. We got to talk about America, I go. We got to talk about America's game, Army, Navy. 
Uh, he may have to talk about Juan Soto so we can say something positive as well. And we'll uh, get into that on the other side. This is Hoist the Colors on a Friday. Hey, what's happening, man? What's happening? Tell me what's happening. Every ECU fan's one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Steve and I go on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back in to Hoist the Colors on this Friday. We just made our... I should say we just relived our preseason picks. We'll now move forward to making some in-season picks as we've continued to do that throughout the year. We pick college and NFL games each week. Of course, the college season is over. We have to figure out how we're going to incorporate both seasons into this, but we are somehow we are going to pick America's game, Army Navy, and we're going to pick NFL again this week. We've got six NFL games to pick and a college game to pick. And last week, guys, was not a great week for any of us. Phillip bringing up the rear, two and eight, one and four in college and pro. Joe went four and six combined, two and three in each. I went five and five. I've been treading water for about five weeks now. I've gone five and five, four, five and one, five and five, six and five, five and five. So I I don't know the consistency. Consistency, I guess. Consistency. I'm 69, 67 to six on the year. Joe, 61, 75 and six. And Phillip, 73. 63 and 6 and so I'm, we're going to Atlantic City. We're we're going to Atlantic City. <laughs> Not after last week. I went 2 and 8. <laughs> we're going to lose a bunch of money in Atlantic City. <laughs> Philip, you are kind of trending downward here. You went 8 and 2 in 2 out of 3 weeks and then you've gone 4 5 and 1, 5 and 5, 5 and 6, 2 and 8. So, what do you what's going on over there, man? You holding it together? So, I ate too much turkey at Thanksgiving and it threw my weight off and my brain has not oh, learned yeah. to compensate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For it makes the perfect sense. Better yeah. body the way, here in the holiday the way the season. Tryptophan worked. Yeah. Adding, yeah, okay. Yeah. And you're a Panthers fan, so that's its own problem. And Frank yeah. let go, so that's weight off you. I see. Yeah. yeah. I get it. It's just weird. So the only college game on the slate this week is America's game, Army-Navy, and they're playing in Boston, right? Foxborough, Massachusetts. Foxborough, Massachusetts. Home of the evil empire, the Patriots. Army is taking on Navy. Army is a three-point favorite. Last year, Army got them. That led to the firing of Kennedy Amatololo. Now, both these teams are five and six. No bowl game, it appears. And so this is their bowl game, and this is always yes. their bowl game, even if they're playing in another bowl game. Um, I'm purely going to go off the revenge factor and the fact that Navy made this move to Brian Newberry as a result of the Army game. So I think this is a game that Newberry has been planning for, preparing for since he got the job. I'm going to go Navy to uh, to cover the three. Joe. Here's where we get into the nitty-gritty, the fun stuff. Army went in and beat the brakes off UTSA. A UTSA team that led up a lot of points to a Pirates team. 26 to be exact. A Navy who held that ECU team to very few points. Zero, if you were counting at home. This is where it gets fun. Not only am I going to say you need to take the over, because no. in the last 15 years, the under is 14-1. and one. And so you're saying take the over. one was last year. It follows up again this year because of the high-powered offense that Army has put up. Paul Revere said, one if by land, two by sea. There was two lanterns. This year there's one. It's by land. I take Army. The caisson goes rolling on in. Sink the boats. Take the Golden Knights. 
Go Army. Beat Navy. Is it Black Knights? Black Knights. Apologies. Gold Knights or, USF, or UCF. They used to be UCF. They changed their name. Oh, my apologies. The yeah. Now, the it's, now it's the Vegas yeah. Golden Knights. No, yeah. yeah. Hockey. Black Knights. For sports. Go Army. Beat Navy. There you go. Felipe. Well, my mom's cousin was an Army <laughs> Ranger. There we go. He was killed in action, and that's who I was named Ooh. after. Ooh. So if oh. I don't want him to come back and haunt me. I've got to say, go Army, beat Navy. Wow, that was so. Is, that was a heck of a segue. Are you picking Army? So yes, I've got to Army. Okay, <laughs> give me the Knights. Philip right, going just, with just his double heart checking and his family. Army's just, had a weird season, guys. They always have a weird. season. I mean, they lost to Boston College by like three points. They lost to UMass, yeah. but then they beat Air Force by twenty. Beat Holy Cross. Beat Coastal. They're yeah, going up to three game winning streak. This is what Army does. They also lost sixty-two to zero to LSU. That sounds about right. And nineteen zero to Troy. So they got shut out. Lost sixty-two to nothing to the future Heisman Trophy winner. It's fine. All right. So there's your college game for this week. Again, Army Navy. Do we have a kickoff time for that Saturday? Do y'all know? Three thirty, I think. Right. Yeah, I think it says three, but that game never three kicks off on time. It's like the NBA; they claim it's yeah. three, and then the it colors I think start at three because yeah. no, all the presenting and then the prisoner exchange and all those things. Is the president going to be there this year? I don't think he's made one since he's been in office. I know. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. I was off topic. I was just curious. You want to get into politics again, Phil? <laughs> that was just a yes or no question. I didn't say anything good National. or bad about the guy. Okay, I, I was just making sure. Uh, all right, <laughs> NFL picks. We got six games this week, guys. We may, if we have time, we'll get into the playoff picture in our final segment, but we're running a little short, so we'll see. All right. I, listen, I know that the, the Jets and Panthers are in the play. graphic, I <laughs> <Okay>. go. <laughs> hey, the Panthers are officially eliminated, right? No, I thought they, they are. Were. Nope, they officially got eliminated this week. They're so they are no eliminated. longer in the hunt. Nope. All right, there we go. First time in a false. Speaking of Panthers, they are at the Saints. The Saints are a five-point favorite. The dang Panthers covered last week, which is just a joke because they got no business winning these games or even covering. Uh, I'm Again, I'm going to take the Saints. I know that Carolina covered last week. Uh, Saints are five-point favorite at home. I'm just going to assume that they can muster up enough courage to win by a touchdown against Carolina home, Joe. Derek Carr has like nine different injuries on his injury report now. Jameis Winston still doesn't know what team he's playing for. Uh, believe it or not, I'm going to take the Panthers. Uh, this might be the first time I've taken them all year. Don't know how I feel about it yet. I think Young has done what he had to do to kind of settle in the offense. Uh, I think they're starting to look more like a cohesive offense after the firing of Reich. I think they're starting to get into a rhythm. Give me the Panthers. I'm with you. I think the Panthers either win outright or lose it by a field goal. I just I don't know what's going on in New Orleans. I feel like they've been one of the letdowns of the season this year. I agree. And uh, usually after a coach gets fired, you win one of the next two or three games, at least one. And uh, I think it could happen, or at least if not, like you said, the offense is kind of getting together. Famous Jameis loves to turn the ball over, especially against the Panthers. When he played us in London a few years ago, he threw like five picks and had like one fumble. Like We'd love to turn over Famous Jameis. I'll, I'll take the Panthers. Texans are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the beloved New York Jets of Joe Sampson. Uh, I have no idea what to do with the Jets anymore. I've picked them a lot this year, I think, just because Joe's on the show. But I also think the Texans coming off an emotional win going to New York. It looks like it's going to be pretty good weather. I was hoping for poorer weather because um, they're an ins- inside team. 
Three and a half point favorite are the Texans. Who's Zach Wilson playing quarterback? Yes. You know, I'm taking the Texans. I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm going Houston, uh, Phillip, and then we'll close it out with Joe. Yeah, I've had no reason really to pick against the Texans this year. I've done it a few times, but uh, every time I do, it seems to come back and bite me in the rear end. This game does and, scare me. Um, Terrifying. You know, no Tank Dell is going to hurt, but uh, I still think their defense is really good. Uh, Anderson's going to get after the quarterback and uh, create some havoc, and uh, I like the Texans. Joseph. There's a long-winded rant that I could go on about the ins and outs of the Jets, how they play AFC South teams historically, and more importantly, what they do to rookie quarterbacks. Robert Sala has everyone's number when it comes to elite quarterback play, and C.J. Stroud has been no different. The difference, however, is we went to Trevor Simeon last week for a spark off the bench, which is why I'm disavowing the New York Jets offense until number eight is back under center. If Zach Wilson can go out there as the nephew of the CEO of JetBlue and show Woody Johnson there was a reason he went number two in the 2020 draft, I will come back to the offense. As of now, the Jets are an SEC team. Terrible offense with great defense like the days of old. Which is why my Anson Belt and Buckle Lock of the Week is the Texans to cover over the New York Jets. I think C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan, the future coach of the year, get it done. Take the Texans because I believe in C.J. Stroud. I was You were kind of leaning in so many different directions there. I was... I was thinking you were going to go Jets for a while. Hey, man. Swivel back. That's, but. Yeah. I'm shocked. Got to keep Anson everybody surprised. buckle against his own team. I that did. Is, that's rough. We suck. Jags go Jets. at Browns. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I guess, is going to try he, to play. He's practicing. Yeah, he's practicing, but I think he was limited participation on Wednesday. Which uh, is usually like the big day. Who's their backup? C.J. Beathard? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm well, going Browns here. I don't feel good about it. Joe. Ah, two very bad, bad quarterback teams. But this is a big game for the playoffs. It's a huge game for the yeah. playoffs and implications. I'm going to go Stefanski. I'm going to go the Browns. I think the Jaguars are going to be a little hungover as far as the emotions of everything. And, and they're so concerned with Trevor Lawrence's health, they don't take a shot. Browns throw stuff at a wall and see what sticks. Give me Cleveland. It's weird. I thought Cleveland's offense looked better than I expected last week against mm. the Rams. However, the defense looked abysmal. Yeah. Um, I think if Trevor plays, they, they win the game. The problem is we don't know who's playing quarterback. I think – She's your you know, you know what? Sunshine's going to play. Sunshine's going to play, and the Jags are going to win the game. Give me Jacksonville. All right, three games left. Let's go rapid fire here. Bills at Chiefs. Chiefs only a one-point favorite. And you know what? I'm going to Anson Belt and Buckle lock of the week, guys. The Buffalo Bills are desperate for a win to stay in the playoff race, and I think they get it. In KC, this is a bold buckle pick, but I'm going with it. <laughs> bold buckle pick. Okay. Uh, Joe. Uh, give me the Chiefs. I think Lambeau left a bad taste in their mouth. I think they come out firing. I think the Bills have been known this year to let up the big play as far as the pass game goes. Don't think they can contain Kelsey. And Sky Moore will come in and run free. He hasn't all year. I think it's time. Give me the Chiefs. Patty ain't losing two in a row. Give me KC. There it is. Broncos at Chargers. Denver coming off a loss. L.A. coming off a 6 nothing win over New England. Denver's got to get this one. I think they find a way on the road with an always uh, Broncos-clad fan base there in L.A. Uh, just because there are no Charger fans. Uh, give me Denver. I feel like they win this one, even though it'll be an ugly joke. So if I sucks, the only fans for the Chargers are in San Diego. Give me the Broncos. Uh, I don't know. Bad feeling about the Broncos on the road. I like the Chargers. 
They scored six points. I know. Still on the road, know. though. Yeah. Pastor Sertang on a shadow. Keenan Allen shut down that offense because they have no other weapons. Eagles at Cowboys. This is the Sunday night game. And if Philly wins it, they can basically wrap up the East. I'm going Philly. Even if I should say that the spread for this game, guys, is three and a half. I don't even know if I said it for the Chargers. Yeah, so who cares? Chargers Go two Broncos. and a half. Let's ride. Cowboys uh, three and a half. I think Philly covers, if not wins outright. Joe. Philly wins outright. Rain, sleet, or snow. The Eagles train to go. I hate Jalen Hurts, but I hate him as a person, not as a player. Give me the Eagles. Go, Birds. Anson Beltonbuckle, lock of the week. I took Philly last year or last week. It came back to bite me. It will not come back to bite me this week. Anson Beltonbuckle, lock of the week. Give me the Eagles. There you go. There's your so, picks. Bills, Texans, and I'm blanking the Eagles. Thank you. Anson Beltonbuckle, check them out. Uh, online, get you a Christmas gift and always great support of East Carolina Athletics. They also got the ECU officially licensed belts, so check them out. Anson, Belt, and Buckle, thanks for them. And their sponsorship of Hoist the Colors in 94 through the game. Alright, let's get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show on this Friday. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo. Alright, back in. Hoist the Colors. Got about a minute left. John Decker Golf Instruction had a question on YouTube. He says, why will the future Army-Navy game not count towards the American record? It's because it's played after mm-hmm. the regular season and conference championship, and they didn't want to move the date, John Decker. So they could actually meet in the conference championship if both teams qualify for it and then play again the following week. But right now, there will be no regular season conference matchup between the teams. That's yep. just the way they wanted to do it. Um Quick, guys, got about a minute left. The Steelers, who were in prime playoff position, have lost back-to-back home games against two win teams, the Cardinals and then last night against the Patriots. The Pittsburgh Steelers have as many playoff wins this last 10-year span as the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's that's the problem, I go. That's its own problem. Is that a true statement? Yes. How do we feel about the playoff picture right now? How are the Packers back in the mix? And then teams like the Browns and Colts, or in the AFC picture. I made this argument with Philip the other day. If Denver gets in, to me, Denver is better than all these teams in the AFC except for the Texans that are in the wild card mix. The problem is they hurt themselves because they were so bad early. Yeah, and they lost to the Jets. They lost to the Jets. Which they is lost its to own. the Commanders, and they yeah. lost to the Raiders. Mm, three bad losses. So now they're like, they almost have to play perfect to make up for that. And then the NFC, Packers, Seahawks, Rams are all just the throwing The NFC up on is an absolute dice shoot as far as that goes yeah. anyway, besides the top two teams. So we'll continue to monitor that. We will continue our NFL picks. And, again, we will try to find a way to incorporate bowl season. And, uh, luckily, we've put the past behind us, so we no longer have to review our preseason picks. I can't wait to pick the Bahama Bowl played in Charlotte Stadium. Not in Bank of America, in Charlotte Stadium. Nothing says the Bahamas like the Charlotte 49ers. Jerry Richardson Stadium, 10,000 seats, boys. Do they even have 10,000? I think they do. I think we should propose to go cover that game for 94-3, the fans. I think we should. Or the, the game. <laughs> Just call it the fan. The fan. Now I get it mixed up with the fan in Charlotte. Yeah. 94-3, hey, the collab. game. This has been Hoist the Colors. We will see you next week, 12 noon Monday, with John this Gilbert. Been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back Monday with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 The Game.